0: When I get the automatic assumption because I'm a shooter that I'm supposed to be really good, I don't, I, it, it kind of pisses me off because it's like, am I underachieving right now? Mm-hmm. Like, what is
1: going on? Am I not leading to your expectations? JR, this will this, trip you out. I don't know if you've had this on a golf course. You were never uh, trigger shy on a basketball court. I, I never. never had an issue of, like, catching the basketball and hesitating. It was just, like, second nature, to shoot a basketball. Um, I could be zero for 10. I could be eight for 10. It didn't matter. Like there was no, there was no mental aspect of shooting that I ever felt like stopped me from performing the task. And on a golf course on like certain days, (laughs) I mean, it's happened a handful of times. I'm like, you know, whether it's a chip shot, a putt, sometimes you put an iron in my hand and I'm like, i don't know how to start my backswing <laughs> like it's, it, 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 what is this mental fuckery that is happening right now it is it, it's the mental side of golf and i think it's because it's so static whereas uh you know basketball is such a dynamic thing it's free-flowing it happens very organically and golf you're just sitting there standing over a ball and you're like uh, the 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 mind has to actually start this backswing so gunshot is crazy
0: welcome to another show of part three i am one of your co-hosts jr smith this is ben baller Stephen malbin we have a great uh guest today one of my closest closest uh, nemesis at the three-point line, (laughs) Uh, I would say, always right there, whether I was always looking at it like, if I'm going to finish all-time, I got to at least be right there next to him, or like right behind him, Uh, ladies
1: and gentlemen, J.J. Riddick. Yeah. (laughs) The truth comes out. The truth comes out now. <laughs> JR, do you, do you know your exact ranking on the top 20 list right now?
0: You know what? I used to know it really good like a year and a half ago, two years ago. Now I lost it. I'm yeah. so concerned with it shooting 69 <laughs> for the first time. It's like, I don't even – I lost track. Yeah, I think do I you? was
1: four, 14. No, I, I knew when I retired I was 14. I have no idea what I'm at right now. I was trying – I was trying to get to top ten. That was all that mattered yeah, to me. Be, it wasn't about beating too. you. It wasn't I'm about beating you. Was get, it was just get, get top, top ten. 10. Uh, man,
0: you know what? I thought I was going to play long enough to be like, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna be top ten lock easy. I got a couple years left, and then it was just like, not nah, maybe not. I wish it's it's, it's I funny, wish, man. Jr.,
1: you know this, man. When it when it when it's gone, it's gone. It just you you think I got a couple years, and then all of a sudden, you don't. And, uh, yeah, it's hard as an athlete when that when that time comes. 100%.
0: We're we're here to talk about golf. Obviously, what what brought you into the game, bro? Let's talk about it.
1: Yeah, I got first introduced to it um, by actually my little brother um, many years ago. He had some health issues. Uh, when he was in college and uh, came and lived with me for about a year and a half. We lived in Keens Point in in Windermere. So this is when I was in Orlando. And there was a golf course, and we kind of puttered around here and there. Um, Then I didn't play for a long time. I moved to Austin in 2013, played a little bit for a couple summers, and then I started having kids. So I literally went like five or six years without playing at all. And then the bubble was really when I got back into it. Um, and obviously during COVID, so many protocols, I didn't get to play a ton over the next year. But when I retired or when I stopped playing June 2021, uh, which is about two years ago, is when I just went full-fledged golf sicko. And now it's <laughs> um, the overriding thought in my brain is my, my golf swing and which course I'm playing next. I feel like a degenerate. I'm, like, the only person who didn't
0: take time off when they had kids to, to stop playing golf. And, like, I feel like this is not going to give me any awards on, like, being a great dad or anything. Everybody stopped playing golf, took time off. I, I just kept going.
2: <clears throat> I actually, when they were little, the kids were little, I got to play more for, like, the first couple of years because there was, like, a you know like uh, helpers like nannies and, and mm. ladies who would come over in the morning and help my wife and with the kids so i could dip out super early and go play and get home by like 10 and by the time they were all waking up so i'd tee off at like 6 30 and just get it in quick as i possibly could but then now that they're older it's almost harder
3: yeah I it's actually imagine. easier for me because like we drop off the kids at 7 45 you know what i mean i'll pick them up till two but for you guys obviously it, it affected my marriage so we're in the situation <laughs> I'm in now but it is what it is now you know it's it's.
1: <laughs> hey that's real talk right there though that is real talk uh, that 100%, is
0: real talk that's, I mean any guy that plays the game of golf knows for sure he's got a he's a phone call away from having a really good round or like you gotta leave at the 11th hole like You've been you been with just, me before with a phone ring I'm man. like oh
3: shit man I just had a par
2: you know, in the hole you know man, how it be bro <laughs> My wife's starting to play now more often, and so I was playing with her the other day, and uh, someone was calling her and bothering her, and I said, Erica, to be honest, every time you call, I'll answer the phone, and she'll say, where are you? Like, well, I'm on the fifth hole. When are you coming home? When I get done with 18, you know what (laughs) I mean? I don't even know what fucking time it is right now to tell you. I have no clue, but when I'm finished, I promise I'm coming straight home. And then she said something. I said, and you know what always happens after that call? Double bogey. Like, yeah, that's man. it. It's over. Throws she you calls right me there. while I'm golfing. The next hole, I get a double bogey.
0: I lock my phone in my bag from <laughs> here on out.
1: I have to do uh, production calls or production meetings the day of games when we are broadcasting games. And they're generally speaking, you know, 9 o'clock, 10 o'clock. I obviously don't get to golf outside in New York during the winter. So if I go to San Francisco or Dallas or wherever, I'm going to try to get Around and in the morning. So I tell the producer, you know, you can either we can either meet at twelve thirty, one o'clock for lunch or we can do a Zoom call. And I put my head, you know, I put my AirPods in. I get on the call while I'm on the course. It usually only takes, you know, whatever, two or three rounds. So I've not broken 80 yet. My best round, I've shot 83 a number of times, but that's my best round. So I'm at uh cow club in January and I shoot a 38 on the front nine and I'm sitting in the middle of the fucking 10th fairway with the 7-iron in my hands, and I, it's time to get on my production call. I put my ear, ear, AirPods in, <laughs> and I shank, I shank one right. <laughs> I then go double, 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 and there goes oh, my chance of, of breaking 80. Oh. And four of those doubles were on the call. And it just like, <laughs> even it wasn't even a bad call. It just like that, it just, my mojo was good. My mojo was good, and it just threw everything off. I try to, like, my wife gets mad at me, but I try my hardest to just put my phone in my bag and not look at it until, like, the turn and then not look at it until I'm done with 18.
0: It's hard, man, you know, especially, again, having kids and, you know, but if, if your wife says it's okay, it's cool. But that production shit, man, that's tough.
2: I'll be hot. <clears throat> Even golf, like, if I'm playing well on the front and then you make the turn, you know, people will be like, are you going to eat? I'm like, hell No. I'm like scared, <laughs> I'm scared that yeah. you're
3: fucking eat. <laughs> I don't wanna change I anything. I like that too though, you're right, man.
2: <laughs> I wanna change
0: a damn thing. I hate to say it, bro, but like, you are like the stereotypical golfer, bro. From a standpoint of an athlete, like you're already a shooter. Like you, you have a your your touch is phenomenal. We talk about Steph, Ray Allen. Like when they already look at us, they already think of like your game is going to be phenomenal. How many people think like just because you're a shooter, like you you're <laughs> going to be like you're like you're a scratch?
1: A lot of people assume I'm I'm a I'm uh after yesterday because I fucked around and three putted five or six times. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna. Yeah, my my handicap. I I needed a score. I got golf trips coming up. I need my handicap to go up, anyways. But I'm a, I'm an 11 after yesterday. Everybody assumes I'm like a low single digit handicap, and I really didn't get. You know, I didn't really play, play, take lessons, all that stuff till two years ago. I I it took me two years to really be able to hit a driver. That was the one thing that everybody assumed where I'm stepping up to a first tee, and they're like, "Oh, you must be so fucking long off the tee because you're six four and athletic," and like. Up until six months ago i couldn't hit a driver 270 you know what i mean i i that's the one assumption people always made now i can hit my driver much further but it's that's the one thing i will say this though i've never the one thing i've never taken is a putting lesson i've never taken a putting lesson and in general i've got a good feel for the green because i don't know if we talked about this when you came on my podcast jr but i think as a shooter especially someone who shoots on the move or shoots step backs or shoots ridiculous shots there's a level of visualization and creativity like mind body connection that i think right. you have to have that all shooters have and to a degree when you're on a when you're on a green that's how you're putting right you're visualizing the line and the speed and the pace a starting point all that stuff and if you're flying off a screen i'm doing that in real time obviously on a basketball court you have to do it much quicker than on right. a golf course but I think that for a shooter the the mind body thing the creativity the visualization that's what really helps us on a golf course
0: it's funny because that's, that's where i was like trying to get at, and because people would assume that everybody who's like every time i talk to somebody's like oh man well you're a shooter it makes sense for you it's easier because you you know you have depth perception or whatever whatever when you're looking at the the course and i'm like yeah, that, that, that's all great when I'm moving and I got a hand in my face and I, I've shot this shot thirty thousand times already. But if i have my time on this golf course and that I didn't put in, it shows immediately. I don't know some some aspects of it just isn't the same. Man. when I get the automatic assumption because I'm a shooter that I'm supposed to be really good, I don't. I, it it kind of pisses me off because it's like, am I underachieving right now? Like, what is going on? Am I not
1: leading to your expectations? JR, this 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 will trip you out. I don't know if you've had this on a golf course. You were never uh, trigger shy on a basketball court. I never, I never <laughs> had an issue of like catching the basketball and hesitating. It was just like second nature to shoot a basketball. Um, I could be zero for ten. I could be eight for ten. It didn't matter. Like there was no, there was no mental aspect of shooting that I ever felt like stopped me from performing the task. And on a golf course, on like certain days, I mean, it's happened a handful of times. I'm like, you know, whether it's a chip shot, a putt, sometimes you put an iron in my hand and I'm like, I don't know how to start my backswing. (laughs) Like, What is this mental fuckery that is happening right now? It is it it's the mental side of golf and i think it's cuz it's so static whereas uh you know basketball is such a dynamic thing it's free flowing it happens very organically and golf you're just sitting there standing over a ball and you're like uh oh, the 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 mind has to actually start this backswing
0: so gunshot is crazy yeah it's super crazy
3: i mean jj let me ask you a question you know so you you've played you know playoff basketball obviously performance level, high anxiety, all that. Do you feel like that correlates to, to your golf game? Like do, like, do you ever get a performance anxiety on a course when you're playing? Like, or do you feel like, like where, where is there more pressure for you?
1: Oh, I mean, there's no consequences to sucking at golf. <laughs> you know, that's, that's, where, that's where I will say, like, you know, you're getting ready for game seven of a playoff game. Like, the, the performance anxiety on that is much higher. I, I will say this, the performance anxiety is there um jr we we were joking when he was uh over at, at my house in the studio uh a couple months ago but you know when you play some of the courses that jr and i get to play and i'm sure you guys get to play as well yeah that first tee shot at marion that'll fuck you up that'll get yeah. you going you know um I, the the part about golf that there there's really two things that One, I didn't get to capture in my basketball career because it was inherently impossible. But the two things for me, number one, being outside, because I spent 30 years of my life, basically, in gymnasiums, uh, buses, planes, hotel rooms, and being outside for four and a half hours is cathartic. It is a spiritual experience for me. And the second part is the competition part. Um, like I Jr used the word degenerate, I wouldn't describe myself necessarily as like a degenerate, but I need action on the course. You know, I I need a match, I need a game, I need I need something on the line. Um, you know, it's and I'm not a twenty dollar person either. If that makes sense, I need some. I need some. <laughs> I need, I need some i need some money are we on talking the mj or are we talking no, or no 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 i have a limit i have I mean, like the most the most i played for like where money's exchanged had hands on a golf course is maybe 1200 bucks that's that's the most oh, where you know you do like okay. a 200 200 400 or you do 100 100 200 nassau closeout, and you know with some presses it, it ends up being you know a thousand bucks or whatever that's you, you, that's the limit but I don't. You, you, you give me 20 <laughs> you You know don't. I mean? You you giving me twenty dollars and me giving you twenty dollars at the end of a match. It's just that that doesn't feel like enough juice for me. But that twelve hundred hits when you got to go and <laughs> pull twelve hundred dollar bills and hand hey, it to your buddy. That's, it's like hey, I'd rather
2: throw it out the fucking window hey, to give it to Jr. I take
1: Venmo, you know. Don't worry about it. Twelve hundred dollars you know. is a is a really nice bottle of Burgundy. I'll say that it's yeah, a nice ooh. bottle of Burgundy.
0: I love that. See, I got a good friend of mine. We we play for wine glasses. So when we go to nice clubs, we play we play for the logo or the wine glass of you know the club we're playing at. So I think I like that's it. That. Sometimes you know some guys you know they don't want they want to get a little stuffy. They don't want to you know that's that's a little too rich for their blood. So I like you know I like to keep it friendly. But twenty forty dollars, no 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 no. Let me get that good china over there, brother. Well,
3: well hold on. That brings up. JJ, what's the most money you've seen an NBA player lose on a golf course? Oh wow, <laughs>
1: um, uh, it's it's n- it's not a lot because the guys I've golf I golf with are doing the same thing I'm doing. I don't know what Jr's appetite for action is. <laughs> I'm going to be honest with you. Um, the most it's it's, it's funny because Bure was such a thing in the NBA. <laughs> And that was like that was like our golf basically. It was just playing cards and playing blu And for that, it was, you know, it was like 30, 30 K in, in oh, you know, damn, a single okay. a single night. Um, I know there's there at my club, I know there's been some games that have approached 50K. I have not gotten in that group yet. Um, I haven't got the invite. Um, but you know, if they if they set a lower limit than that, I'm I'm down to play. Damn. You heard that thing Lee Trevino said once that there's like you
2: don't know pressure until you show up at a golf course and play 100 a hole, and you have no money in your pocket. I like that. <laughs> right? yeah. you, you start making putts. Oh, damn.
0: <laughs> oh, you start missing putts. You got to figure out how to get out of it. <laughs> Fake a heart
2: attack. Fake a heart attack on the fourth hole. I, <laughs> just, I, I, usually,
1: I, usually, I usually just bring enough. I, just, I, I usually just bring enough to tip the caddy, and then I, you know, I expect to get paid at the end of the round. <laughs> I like oh, that. Damn, I'll, okay. Uh, what would you say, Jared? I was going to say, what's your favorite club in your bag? My favorite club in my bag? Huh. Uh, that's a great question. That three hybrid I was describing earlier, I really like that club. I got to be honest like with you. That. But I like wedges. I mean, it really, pro- I would say probably my, mm, probably my 58. I, I, yeah, probably my 58.
2: Yeah. What do you go 58? 54. What are the other two wedges? I go
1: 58 54 and yeah. then I have a gap wedge a pitch pitching wedge and I'm not at the level where I'm t- describing a 47 degree pitching I don't fucking know what the degrees on those are. <laughs> I'm just <laughs> I just know that I just know Should that there's right a there. there's a P on it. There's a P on it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What what, what clubs do you play? Um so I play I have a Titleist uh driver, Titleist uh 3 hybrid. I have a tailor-made three wood, um, four iron through pitching wedge are the P seven P seven nine zero sorry, and yep. then I have Vokey wedges. Okay. On the fifty four and fifty eight. What kind of putter Where are you rolling? I have a Scotty. I have a okay. Scotty. Yeah. Blade. Blade for sure. I started with a mallet. That's what I got fitted for when I got my clubs a couple years ago um the course that i play uh is the bridge and we're usually like 12 to 14 on the greens so i mm-hmm, felt like fast. uh speed control pace control i felt like a blade gave me a little bit better 100%. better with that, that a, circle is t? A, a circle t
3: does your scotty putter is it a circle t or is it is it a standard scotty Man,
1: I don't know all that shit, man. I went to the pro shop, <laughs> and I was like, <laughs> it I know,
3: "Is there a difference in matters? price?" I think
1: I I, I know what there's it costs. A huge, there's a huge difference in price? Oh, huge difference in price. <laughs> okay, then I probably just have a normal Scotty then. Yeah,
2: yeah. that bridge is a is a that's a serious walk. Oh is my gosh, isn't it? it I is. played one morning. I played uh, I played Friar's Head in the morning. Walked it and then i went over and played the bridge in the afternoon and walked it and uh i was fucked up for days after walking those two that bridge is insane yeah you guys been i haven't played it in a while it's the coolest place you're very fortunate to be there i have a bunch of friends there and and bob is a big supporter of our golf brand and what a what a place it's uh Ben, if you if if you don't know it's like a super super modern country club no shingles vibe so it's like a modern art museum
1: clubhouse oh nice filled with insane what artwork city
3: hmm? what city is it it's right in? outside Sack harbor
1: yeah it's right outside sac harbor it's actually I, I, I don't know if this is true or not but this is what they tell us it's the second highest point in long island on long island mm-hmm. and it does it feels very different than the other hamptons courses not just because of the things you're describing i just mean aesthetically you're yeah. you know you have these insane peconic bay views uh we get the sunsets when we're you know eating dinner at six six seven o'clock at night um depending on the time of year and it's yeah it's spectacular it's a good vibe too you know it's a great great group of uh cool. members uh the kids are welcome there's a there's grass tennis courts for my wife um she she told me at the end of last summer she was like you know when we joined here i thought this was like going to be your thing and it was going to be your happy place and it's my happy place too so yeah it's a it's a good thing bob bob has been great um you know he he runs the place but he he's been great this is the course that's like
3: right across street from from shinnecock
2: no 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 it's in a it's it's in a different area than that but it's um even like design wise like they they have the the best view of the golf course or whatever is in the locker room by the spa. So, like, that's where you should enjoy the best view. Crazy restaurant, crazy artwork, but the golf course is hard, dude. Oh, yeah. man. It's really, kind of... it's really difficult. JJ, Those... why don't you
1: invite us out there, man? Well, you guys now have an open invite. I already gave JR his open invite. You guys are come out. I would love to, I would love to tee it up with you guys. It'd be, it'd be so fun. No, for sure. Hundred
3: yeah. a hole. I'm playing with you. I
1: oh, would say, whoa. I want to say one thing real quick because I, I, there's a the the course that is across the street from Shinnecock. I've only been fortunate enough to play once, and it's spectacular. But I got a call the day before I actually played it, and it was a buddy of mine I went to Duke with. He was in town. His whole side of his family they're all they're all national members, and he was like, "Hey, can you play tomorrow at two fifteen or whatever?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude, I'm in." You know, first time somebody's actually giving me a formal invite, I'm like, yeah, I'm in. But I had to host these out-of-town guests in the morning at the bridge. Mm. So I walked the hilly five and a half miles at the bridge and then go play national. And, dude, I didn't even have time to do the lobster lunch. I. Mm. I don't even, rem- it's crazy because I think it's one of the most memorable courses I've played, yet I don't remember some of the holes because I was just so exhausted. So <laughs> I, didn't get the- I didn't get the full experience, and that was mm-hmm. a direct result of that fucking walk at the bridge. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah, that walk is real. You know uh, what? Uh, we-, we discussed this on an episode like or, or two ago, and it's never happened to me until this past weekend, but GR had said, we were asking everybody, have you ever played so bad you've walked off a course? And this last weekend, I just couldn't get it together. And by the eighth hole, I was like, you know what? I ain't no quitter. But fuck this, this, this game is a wrap, dude. And I shot a forty-five on the front nine, and then uh, I called Ron, and he—Ron's our co- what, my, me and uh, Steven's coach. And I was like, he's like, you fucking pussy. He's like, you better get snap yourself out of it. He's like, the back nine, your whole life is back nine. You need to get back in it. But have you ever played that bad where you like fuck? Either you're either walking off, or you just were like, I'm I'm not playing anymore.
1: When I th- no no because I I love it so much even when I'm playing bad I still enjoy <laughs> it uh, it's weird um, I I think you throughout a round for me I have to change mentality you know you're early on you you, you get to the first tee and you're just like I'm going low today and then let's <laughs> yeah, say so you double the double which at the bridge happens sometimes I double yeah. number one sometimes like you hit a bad mm-hmm. tee shot at the bridge you're fucked it's over and. So I double one and I'm like, all right, well, there's my double for this nine. Like I, I, I kind of reinforce, and then, and then if it gets to like hole number nine and I've shot a 45, I'm just like, all right, I'm just going to enjoy the back nine. No expectations. Right. That that happens. Um, there is when I first started playing in Florida, we, we took a trip up to ocean city, Maryland and played some of the courses there. And a lot of them are on the water. And uh, after my probably 17th fat, chunky uh, shot of the day, I threw my pitching wedge into the Atlantic Ocean. And that's really the only time I've ever lost my cool on a golf course.
3: <laughs> you legit threw it into the ocean,
1: like for real? Yeah, no, no. It was about 30 yards. I, I, all of my strength. I tossed it. Yeah. Just what club gone. was it? It was a pitching was pitch- wedge. Yeah.
3: And, and so for the, re- for the rest of the,
1: the, the, the round, you had no pitching wedge? Uh, correct. Correct. But I have a worse, I have a worse story. I have a worse story about Let's it. missing. So actually right now I don't have a six iron in my bag, which is a problem. Uh, and I could, I could have really used it yesterday because <laughs> it was so windy out. I was like, fuck, there's some days where I'm like, ah, I can get by without a six iron. I left it at the Top Golf in Denver. I was visiting my brother uh and and i'm too lazy that was in october by the way that's how fucking lazy i am <laughs> and i'm going to bandit in a fucking month and i'm like uh oh, dude wow. go get your six iron it's yeah anyways be 180 out all day and no six iron. so there's a there's a course uh it's a pretty famous course uh in the south where they host a major every year it's at the same course every year and i always when i go on a golf trip, I always. uh like clean out my bag, you know. I make sure I don't have too many balls. I want to make sure, to, you know, I'm not trying to weigh down the caddies. Your bag just accumulates shit over the course of, you know, several rounds. That's make sure, sure I have all, all the, the you know the tees I like. Make sure I have a new glove. I keep like a a box at my house. Anytime it gets my supplies get low, I just refill the box with shit. And so I'm, I'm cleaning out my bag, and at the time I had 15 clubs. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to bring my utility three, right? I'll just, I'll bring the three hybrid. So I take the three out, I clean all my clubs and I guess I had been stupid and I took my, I was doing fake swings in my office, in my (laughs) apartment. And I somehow swapped my seven iron for my three iron. And so I get to that course in the, you know, in Georgia and there's a very famous par three, number 12. And I get to 12 and I I've got to hit my seven iron. And that's when I realize that I I did not have a seven iron in my bag. And I'm playing arguably the most famous course in the world on one of the most famous holes. So I played three rounds in two days. And depending on the wind, I either tried to hit like a flighted hmm. six or I had tried to hit a full eight. And I can I can admit this, I never actually made it over the creek. <laughs> um, and I, I think that's cuz I didn't have my 7 in my bag. <laughs>
2: it's a big decision a hard 8 or a chippy 6.
1: Yeah, exactly.
3: <laughs> Great. I don't
1: have I don't have that. I don't have that right now. So I what swear was you it like? the 180 members, yards? 177? Uh yeah, at the time I wasn't hitting my So I, I now I wouldn't have to hit like a full tilt 8. It was like once it was playing like 165 to 172 every day. That's that's like an 8 for me now, a comfortable 8. Wow. Yeah.
3: That's nice, man. Uh, I mean, what what would you say what part of your golf game do you struggle with the most right now?
1: Um right now, based on just, you know, playing intermittently <laughs> this spring, uh, <laughs> yeah. It's all short game right now. Um I felt like my short game had really improved last summer and fall, and I remember I played, I played Cal Club uh, early in the NBA season when I was out there in November, and I remember feeling like, oh, my short game is as good as it's been, and, and then the winter happened. And so that's the part of my game where I'm losing, I'm losing four or five strokes just based on that right now. Pretty much oh, every man. time I go out. Are we yeah. talking
3: like 120 yards in? Or are you talking about like 80 No,
1: yards no. In? I'm talking about like 50 yards in. Oh, okay. uh, Chippies around fl- the green. Flop shots, chips around the green. Uh, greenside bunkers, that sort of thing. Just not sharp at all right now. They asked uh, Tom Watson in an interview ages ago. They said, Mr. Watson,
2: what do you do when you have a 45-yard shot? And he paused. And he said, I fire my
1: caddy. it's like like, that's what i do i fire the caddy i play yeah (laughs) I, i i played a course in new jersey recently and i played with a buddy my longtime trainer this guy john madonia he's like a you know he's a two really good golfer and we went out without a caddy and i'd only played the course once and He's just telling me on every fucking hole, just hit driver, bro. Just hit driver. Just let it rip. (laughs) And that day, I had fucking so many 60 to 40-yard second shots. And I'm like, you're (laughs) a fucking (laughs) asshole. This is the one part. Dude, I just want... I just want 120 yards. <laughs> just tell me to yeah. hit the hybrid off the tee, you dick. Yeah. Oh,
3: <laughs> I'd rather
2: man. I'd rather That's hit a so full fast, nine man. iron <laughs> than
3: a half wedge. Usually, yeah. after the third, fourth hole, the caddy should know that too. You know what I mean? He he, well, he right was
1: there. my caddy. That's the problem. He was a fucking terrible one at that. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> give me some top, like, give me some four or five courses that you want to play. Dream
1: courses. Um, yeah, great question. So I would say it's been this since. Two years ago. Um, I I'm a I'm a nerd, man. I'm a, I'm a I'm a geek when it comes to this shit. So like I got really into like golf course architecture, yeah. golden age architects. And then I discovered that 2021 season when we were basically we were essentially in the bubble, but we weren't. We weren't allowed to leave our hotels on the road. We weren't allowed to leave our apartments at home. This is up until we got we all got vaccinated. I like was living alone in New Orleans. And so I, I couldn't go play, right? So I was literally just watching golf videos on youtube and i and i found out that golf uh, digest does the uh, every hole at thing you know they have every mm-hmm. hole at pebble every hole at uh, southern hills whatever so for me it's sand hills and i i become obsessed with with going to sand hills that's that's like my bucket list course right now mm-hmm. um and then the other one that i i'm hoping happens this year is fishers uh which is a you know a quick seaplane from Sag Harbor, but um, yeah. I just got to get the invite. You know what I mean? Me 100%. too.
2: I need that one too. That's <laughs> yeah. a, that's, a, that's a tricky one. Yeah, Fish
1: that is, is a nice. tricky one. Is- Do you, have you played Friars Head? Yes, I have. Cool. Right? Um, yes, I, I mean, I don't know that there's outside of Sand Hills and obviously both Core and Crenshaw, but I, I don't know that there's really a comparable in terms of modern courses. Like Friars is the best that I've played. I've also played Old Sandwich, which they did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was a real treat um, to play there. Uh, but Friars is, I mean, I, like I love, I love Shinny. I, I Lud National is awesome. I love Maidstone. The Bridge is great. Sabonic's great. Um, I think Friars might be the most enjoyable yeah. of the courses out east, to be honest with you yeah that's my favorite out there well
3: what's your favorite course in los angeles
1: that
3: you played in In la los Um, angeles
1: what's your favorite course you played in la so i played i played riv once and it was 10 years ago and i sucked and um (laughs) i don't you know other than the hole with two fairways and number one i don't really remember much of it um I played Bel Air a bunch. Uh, so yeah. I, Bel Air is, is charming and quirky, and I, I really enjoyed Bel Air. But I got to play LACC in August, and I mean that's that's as good as it gets. That place is that place is sick. Have you played Lakeside or Hill, or Hillcrest at all? I haven't. I haven't I've haven't. I heard great things about both places, though.
3: Yeah, no, it's amazing.
1: But by the way, d- d-
3: I played Riv for the first time last weekend, and I shot a ninety-seven, and I was wanted to throw up. But it, <laughs> what do you say? Was, you, made
2: 13? you made a thirteen. You uh, made a thirteen on ten. Yeah, thirteen, <laughs> 13. And, and, and
3: and the crazy part is, I had just shot a eighty one the round before that, and I didn't want to write the thirteen. I was like, can you can you even write thirteen on here? And Ross, <laughs> I'm not gonna
0: 13, lie, bro. bro, you're not gonna shoot a thirteen with me, bro. We are gonna pick that shit up. <laughs> you, and let's go. you got a pocket? <laughs> <laughs> that shit up. We're you shit for sure. Yeah, like, bro, after a triple, like, come on, fam. Like,
3: I think they did that to mess with me too, though. But it was like it was it was like. I had a seven on hole one and, and, and I'm sorry, I had eight and, and um, I was like, bro, like, this how we're starting today? And he messed up my name on the T box. He's like, Ben <laughs> Ball. <laughs> I got to You tight, let a mess your swag up from the start, <laughs> Yeah, bro. because you know what I mean? Like, come on, bro. Like, just say my government name then. Shit, man. I was just... But it was like, um, the Greens are running pretty fast too. I don't think they're running 14 like what JJ's talking about, but... You know, that's my best part of the game. I remember, you know, dude, ever since I should have never posted that fucking video. Remember, I posted I haven't three putt in forever. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's why I told so, you. Uh, Just wait, so JJ, buddy. It's coming. About it is, six months uh... ago, I was averaging twenty-eight to twenty-nine putts around, right? <laughs> yeah. But I put a lot from the rough, so it wasn't a big deal. And then GR was like, it's coming, it's coming. Dude, fucking three three puts at rib bro and i was ready to throw everything and ron's like yo you're fine bro Relax. fucking rib
2: dude this is that thought about you, you are, when i got the first you three know
0: pro golfer sit here and tell you it's the hardest course on tour but you're not gonna believe them
3: huh? <laughs> gonna go i don't find care out. about that though you know i'm like look i'm gonna i'm gonna figure it out Yeah, okay and then i didn't know this either i didn't know this when betting because i don't really bet very much right i didn't know when they say you're good and you're seven inches away and you're good I didn't know if you just kind of tap it in, and you missed the one that tapped in, you gotta pay the dude. I was like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" You just said I'm good.
2: If somebody says it's good, you pick it up. It's P- pick I didn't know the shit. that, bro. Yeah, I didn't know
3: Touch that, bro. It. I just did it just to fuck with us. Here, boom. The guy's like, "Hey, man, you owe me one." I was like, "It was Holy good." Stupid. I'm talking about that That is
2: petty, though.
3: <laughs> you should probably stop. <laughs> no, <real> dude. <laughs> like three people have told me like That's you gotta crazy. pick it up. You can't hit it after. Who'd me. you play with? Some random dude that Ron's friends. Uh, um, Mark or no, not Mark. Um, I forgot his name, but he was the member there. So,
2: did Ron finish?
0: it's been a long day time for a long drink
2: the finished drink
0: proud sponsor of the part three podcast long drink get yours at LongDrink.com. cheers jay do you think you'll ever be as like militant with the game of golf like you were with your like the basketball workouts and shit uh yes i do (laughs) really (laughs) yeah i had
1: no yeah no you gotta know
0: his workouts you gotta know (laughs) how he like it's different Uh, explain to him a regular workout in the day for you
1: yeah i mean like a quick backstory is basically i get to duke it was my dream school and then i realized that it was really really hard it was not what i expected so i really i really struggled my first couple years uh on and off the court and i kind of went into this really dark place and and uh coach k basically put his arms around me and, and said we're going to get you a support system you're going to see a therapist uh we're going to have a schedule for you and i still have uh in my house in sag harbor i still have this sheet of paper from that summer this is between my sophomore and junior year i lost like 30 pounds i got in insane shape i won every conditioning contest my day was like to the hour right and so i did that the rest of my career and so when i was a pro You know, my off season, I didn't take time off. I just kind of like if we lost on Thursday, the next Monday, my shit would start. And I would during that break, I would plan out every single workout where I would be, when I would work out, uh, what I would be working on for the rest of the summer. And so I would go Monday through Friday, two to three workouts a day. Saturdays were off, and then Sundays I made exactly 342 shots. Um, It just ended up being that number, but it became this like sacred ritual to do that every Sunday. And then Jr knows this too, but like during the season, like I was a I was a before practice guy. I was an after practice guy. You know, if we didn't have shoot around, I was still coming in to get my normal game day routine in. Like I was really obsessed with it, and what I realized. Over the last two years is like for me to get to where I want to be as a golfer, that's the only way I can get there is I need to be able to for let's call it a year or two grind incessantly. And I just I've been a little busy, man. I've been a little busy man talking shit. On on ESPN and doing the podcast, so I'm hoping this summer I can get into what I would call like a routine of not just playing rounds, but a routine of like structuring my week so that I can I can carry that into the fall and the winter, even if it's just a simulator or a range.
0: Yeah, see that's that's what I talk about. Like when I when I go to the range and like actually work on my game and stuff like that, like just. Small regimens and not small because obviously it was your you did it for your career and you got to where you are. But like for me, being like a shooter and having the drills and stuff like that, taking that, having that obsessive mindset and being able to take that to the range, you're gonna get good so fast compared to somebody who's just out there just banging balls because you have that mentality of what you're working on, you know how to work, right. you have the work ethic. Like it's totally different when you have that, and then it's just like, oh, I'm gonna get to a single digit, just hitting hitting a hundred balls a day.
2: Like it doesn't work like that. No, it it doesn't. I saw something the other day, and they said that uh, eight eight foot putts that in practice Rory made uh, forty eight in a row, eight foot flat putts. Imagine just sitting there grinding like the pain in your lower back of uh, just sitting there and fucking pouring in. 48 eight foot putts in a row Man. it's hard to make five in a row yeah yeah even if it's a straight putt like but to grind and mentally like focus that hard and to make 48 in a row in one session 100 I mean, percent, bro you
3: were you were you were like you know you're injured too so it's like oh by the way are you good now you can, I, mean, yeah. I saw like you can
2: i took five weeks off with a hurt elbow and i putted for like two or three hours a day and chipped towards the end of it and so now I've been playing golf and it's insane at at what um how much being able to putt and having confidence in putting how much it uh takes pressure off of everything else it's almost like oh yeah it, it, for one I don't care if I hit the green and then I'll have like a pitch but, or a chip but the pitch or the chip now I want to make putts so bad and I'm so addicted to making putts that I almost Chip better because I want to chip it five six foot to be able to make the putt. But if I chip it and I have a thirty five foot putt, it's like I can't I can't expect to make the thirty five foot putt. But a ten footer, so now I'm like chipping better, hitting the ball better, and all of that's happening just because I know I can make longer
1: putts. Basically, I got a I got a a question for you guys because Jared brought up the routine thing. What's the first club if you have thirty minutes before a round? What's the first club each of you? Takes out of your bag if you're at the, you're hitting balls before the round.
3: I mean, for me, I start with the pitching wedge, and then I, you know, if I have some time after warming up a little bit, I the my putter because that's my my best skill in golf is is my putting.
2: I start with a, a sixty degree wedge, and I basically make sure that the first like ten shots I use zero arms and I use my body as much as possible on those little short half wedges because uh if you if for me and i guess anyone if you activate your arms first that whole day you're gonna like activate your arms first so i (laughs) I just basically try to hit little baby pitches with my legs it's like keeping my arms on my body as much as possible and then i'll build all the way up to the driver and then tee off yeah for me it's my
0: my 60 i try to find the tempo try to find what my bottom is with my with cl- my club in the same spot in the same position and just try to mimic that tempo for like the first five or six shots then I'll try to shape little chips and hit little cut chips and l- stuff like that and then
2: I'll move throughout the bag after that. What about you? Um,
1: well, I, I, based on what i've said about my golf game and based on what I, what ben has said about his golf game it, it's very clear what ben and i should be doing you know because it, it's i do a pitching wedge as well
3: <laughs> hey man jj i'm 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 really new you know i'm i'm a may 2nd was my one year anniversary of playing rounds that's I'm, amazing i'm real new but but i that's was able amazing.
1: to really kind of shave oh it's 20 happen. something that's amazing yeah it can happen fast um you no, know, i like i like a i like a, pitch, I like a pitching wedge because it's like an easy it, to me. It's like the easiest club to do just three quarter swings. Um, outside yeah. of the you know, I, I don't have a 60, I have a 58 outside of like a 58 or a 54. It's it's and then it's like I don't need to switch clubs to then get into full swings. So that's kind of, I actually go, I go pitching wedge, uh, seven or eight iron. I hit a couple, a couple with my hybrid, ten, probably eight to 10 drives and then. I'll go back, and then I and that's when I do. That's interesting because I do it in reverse. That's when I do like a fifty-eight or a fifty-four in my hand and work on those forty to sixty-yard shots. I'm doing it wrong. I just realized this. This is so this so helpful.
3: Look, man, when 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 I broke the times, I broke eighty. I I had the pitching wedge, went to the eight, seven, then went to you know a four hybrid, and then hit couple three-woods didn't really hit the driver very much. And then I went back to a 56 and a 60. And then I just wanted to feel the greens and feel what they felt like and putted a little bit. I'm not out there all day. I'm just trying to basically get warm up. That's it. Just...
0: It's, you know, it's funny. I I, I came with, I came up with this. And, like, I literally, like, I watched Tiger videos and all these different guys, uh, YouTube stuff. And I was just sitting here thinking, like, if Tiger Woods puts out his, you know, his pre-shot routines and what he works on prior to like rounds, why don't we just do that? I mean, <laughs> it, it, it seems pretty good. It seems like it worked
2: out for him. You
3: so see, why, why don't you we
2: just it. don't do that? Why don't, why don't we just try that? Yeah, true. I watched at the Masters, I went, like the, I've been the Masters multiple times, but the first time I went, I watched them just uh, all their warm ups and everything. I was obsessed with watching it. So I saw Phil Mickelson come up and I was like, fuck, it's priceless to watch Phil warm up putting, you know? And so what he did was he took like three balls And he put it like maybe like three yards on the fairway or the fringe. And then he would putt the first three putts, the longest putt on the green. But he would putt it through the fairway, onto the green, all the way across the green. And he would do that each day, three of those really, really long putts. And then he'd go in close and start doing short putts or six-foot putts or eight-foot putts. But he was putting these long-ass putts just to feel like the stickiness of the fairway how it releases on the green and then how fast it rolls and being able to watch it roll all the way across the green but i I just always remember that that like he does that every time
3: when i played the farmers Pro-Am, and when i got there all the pros were warming up and that was probably the most discouraging thing i could have ever witnessed in my life (laughs) and uh xander was hitting and I, I, I remember I, I realized nobody's hitting anything but like seven and eight irons. No one's hitting no drivers, no hybrids. And I was like, just the samurai sword sound. Like, whoosh, whoosh, whoosh. I was like, and then the guys like, hey man, you want to go? Colin, Colin's like, hey Ben, why don't you get some shots in? And I had my pitching wedge. I was like, bro, I'm not hitting after you guys. You fucking crazy, bro. This is, <laughs> it was embarrassing. You know, it was it was really like
1: that. Put me in a different place. But I'm shocked at pro-ams. They don't have a dedicated time for the celebrities to hit balls next to each other, and then the pros get a dedicated time. Because I I'm with you, man. Fuck that, Colin. I'm not hitting balls next to you. Fuck yeah. that.
3: <laughs> well, the worst part about it was on that one, that was actually one of the best rounds I ever played. I got paired up with Rom and we won. But even on hole one there, this is on television, man. They messed my name. They called me Ben Baylor. And I was like, damn, you messed my name up again, bro. Ben Bailey's. <laughs> and, and the funny thing was ready for this, the ball went 190 yards and it went probably 190 yards in the air. And then it went, but it was on the center of the fairway. It just didn't go very far. And Rom's like, shake it off, bro. Don't worry about it. Let's, let's, let's get this.
1: And then you, and then know, you looked at him and said, no, 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 that's a full drive. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what? we're just going to use yours. Don't worry about it. <laughs> you know what,
3: uh, JJ, this is something we've never asked not one guest on here. And I just thought about it right now when you're talking about just the game and everything, right? If there was one club in your entire bag where you could just be like, all right, I got a gift from God that one club is going to be the, I'm going to hit it just as good as anyone else can hit it on the tour what club would you
1: choose oh driver for sure driver <laughs> no doubt I mean number one it's as 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 Mike Sweeney the guy who teaches me at the bridge once said to me because I didn't play a driver up until the fall because I just didn't trust <laughs> it he's like that is so discouraging it's the funnest club in the bag to hit it's a full just fucking let it rip right yeah and I so Shane Batty uh is a friend of mine and he was at my house last summer and we were talking about golf and he was like, yeah, no, I was, he was like, I, for a long time, I was, you know, oscillating between like a 10 and a 14. I said, well, what's the biggest, what's the biggest like change in you getting down to a five, six range. And he's like, I learned how to hit a driver. Well, cause there's a big difference. And like, I, you know, I had this yesterday, windy day, but like, there's a big difference. If you're hitting into the wind and you, you nut one, you know, having a fucking seven or eight in my hand versus a five in my hand, that's a big, big difference. difference. And with the way the pros, their length off the tee, oh, yeah. All of a sudden, every par five, you have a chance to reach in two. Every single one. Yeah, yeah I'd I'd like that. I'd like that a lot.
3: This is just, just something I thought of. I was like, yo, man, you could t- choose one club. Right, Gerald. What would it be like? You choose one club, and you're as good as the top five pros in the tour on that. Just with that club, like, what would you choose? For me, probably about 54. I would take the putter. Me too, man. Uh, yeah. You could, if I could putt
2: like Jordan Spieth did in his heyday, remember that? I mean, if I could hit a wedge like Tiger, bro. Oh, uh, true. But even Tiger, Wait. I read. The, I read something the other day. They said that uh, from like from a hundred. From like fifty yards to a hundred yards, he only hit the green. He missed the green twenty percent of the time for his entire career. Right. So like, think of that. Eighty
0: percent of the time within a hundred yards, I'm hitting the green, and not only am I hitting the green, I'm hitting exactly. Right yeah, no, more exactly more yeah, 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 that's yeah. the other part Are you
1: about. it. Yeah, me? that's a good point. That's yeah.
3: nasty. But I mean, if I could put like Anthony Kim did, Masters lemon man, Jesus Christ, that's like. And I've had some amazing putts, bro. That's been
2: if you can putt really good, it sure lightens up every fucking thing oh, no, else. So then know, if, honestly, like, if you if you spray your driver in the rough and then you have to take, like you said, a five iron and you just, you know, chunk something down there to get it near the green. And you pitch it up there fifteen foot and just fucking make the
3: putt. It's like no, but that's big the only deal. reason. Another no par. Right that's later. why my handicap is what it is, because the putting has always been has saved me. Otherwise, Shit, I'd be at eighteen right now, or seventeen, or sixteen, or something. To be, JD, are you swag on the course
0: as you are when you used to come and do the tunnel? <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean by that? What do you like, mean I, by that? Like, do you like, like, do you get yes, excited I, about I,
1: your yes, golf I, attire? Yes, like? I, I walk in. Put- well, I, I thought you on that. Uh, no, I was gonna say, I, like, in terms of my, like, I walk in putts. I'm that guy. I'm that guy. I walk in putts. Like when I when my putter's good, I walk in putts. I talk shit on par threes if I hit the. You know, I'm, I'm leading off and I fucking hit one tight. Like, I talk shit. Like yeah, I mean, but I would say like for golf attire. uh no nah, I mean I'm I'm first of all because of this is maybe gross, but because of the ticks on Long Island. Yeah, I generally even in the summer wear pants. Um, Makes sense. So I, I and I think they look better. I just it always strikes me as very weird when I see like the pros in their practice rounds wearing shorts. So me I wear too. pants, you know. And I'm yeah. I mean, I wear some crazy polos. Shout out to Roback. They they fucking have some crazy ass polos. Shout out to Malbin. You know yes, all the, all, yes, all the good brands. By the way, hold on one second. Hold on one second. Hold on one second
2: i love <laughs> look it look at this i look love at this. it dude the ticks are so fucking bad and they, oh,
0: have they, have crazy.
1: And they got lyme disease and it's a oh, serious no, thing no, not fucking hey. look hey. at that shout hey. out yoshida porter so my barber my barbershop my shop in uh in manhattan is literally next door to the to the to the shop you guys have on crosby street yes sir and i went in there one day and that you guys—I don't even know the company you guys did this collab with, but Porter this, Porter
2: this, Yoshida. It's a really yes. amazing Japanese Big Japanese company.
1: It is the greatest bag I've ever owned in my life. <laughs> it really is. And uh, and I travel like you know, if I go do a game, like I obviously got to have my suit bag, but I travel super light, and this bag is insane. And I've got it packed. I packed on Monday for my golf trip tomorrow. So, oh, yeah. you're the best. It's the greatest, you, man. It's the
2: greatest. Thank you, everybody out there on my Instagram. When they post it, they're like, "How the hell can you sell a backpack for five hundred dollars?" It's like that's why everyone. <laughs> you just heard
0: the man say it. <laughs> <Yeah. It's, laughs> no, I'm I mean, Honda, bro. It, it is
1: <laughs> the best bag. Like for for that size. Compartmentalized all the stuff, like it. It keeps me organized. It's great. No, and the, bro, only I, and is... the only reason I shouted out Roback is because you know we we have a relationship with them on the podcast. I, I'm not trying to. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I I like no, I love them. I love everybody.
2: Good. Me too. But uh, yeah. that Yoshida Porter, they've been doing it for like 80 years, and they're handmade in Japan. And Porter's no joke, bro. It's um, I have bags that I bought like 20 something years ago in Soho in New York that I still use. Like that bag, you'll have that bag for. For all until the end of time. Both of my kids use them as uh their their school backpacks, a green one and a black one. So very happy <laughs> you have that, sir. That's that's swagged out for a school backpack. <laughs> exactly.
1: <laughs> Took mine. Jay, have you played golf overseas? Uh no, I haven't. I'm oh man. I'm hoping my wife doesn't listen to this podcast. She doesn't normally <laughs> listen to any podcast I go on. But I I'm supposed to go uh to England. With uh, Spencer Hawes, Iggy. uh, I think Evan Turner's coming on that trip and some other dudes from Seattle. Supposed to go. uh, We're going to do Sunningdale both courses, uh, Mm. Royal St. George and another one. I haven't told my wife yet that I'm taking this trip. So (laughs) it's (laughs) (laughs)
3: JJ, let let me tell you, man, from from a man who just got, who's going through a divorce, man. And the golf was like a big part of it. No, I'm messing with you. Hey, uh, you definitely got to check out golf in Korea and golf in Japan. It's a different level.
1: Uh, Japan is my favorite place I've ever been. And, uh, it was when i was not golfing but i've heard there's some incredible courses over there um and it's a trip that i want to i want to spend some time there i did like a week there it's funny if you talk about packing light i literally went to japan for a week and i went i dined at two michelin-starred restaurants that required jackets and i i did the whole trip with the backpack like i i I love packing light but that's a place i want to go back to spend two three weeks play some golf explore uh, explore some different cities we only went to um tokyo and what's the other one that's osaka right down there no kyoto we went to kyoto oh, Kyoto. yeah
3: i mean bro the the, the range 300 stalls track man's uh retractable uh t sizes coming in and out of the floor um target practice just escalators to the t box just it just a different level of what and everything's so clean and and again of course the food i mean i go to japan you know Two, three times a year it's 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 the best man
1: here's a question i have for you if you if you leave your six iron at one of these ranges and then you call do they have it do they have like a lost and found in japan yeah i'd imagine in okay, japan you get it you get <laughs> it back. 10, yeah, I'm not in like, the u.s, no. not, the US. No. not in top golf
3: right before covid i'm at no. <laughs> no. it's right <laughs> gonna be a roger Dunn, in downtown tokyo right <laughs> It is a huge department store. It's, it's like Barney's but better, right? It's like Barney's and Whole Foods mixed in one in like the, a really nice liquor store. So I'm in Isatan and I'm in the, the shoe section and $1,600 in U.S. cash falls out of my pocket. No idea how. This is how Japan is. Two days later, it was brought back to my hotel. Wow. Like, Japan doesn't play. They're, they're serious over there. It's like you don't have theft. Like it's just a different
1: level of, yeah, if you That's lose a amazing. club, they're, they're, they're bringing I'm it back to you. doing that over here, champ. They don't play like that. It, I was I was so shocked by the lack of noise in a city of thirty million dollar thirty million people. You go middle of the day into one of the entertainment districts or one of the 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 business districts, and it's just like people everywhere, and there's cars and there's like traffic, I guess. Oh, for but sure, nobody jumps out in the middle of the lane. Nobody's honking their horns. Everybody's just very respectful. It was, and then I and then I fly back to JFK, and I'm like, "What the fuck is it? You know, it's just, you know <laughs> exactly. what is this shit, man?" JJ,
0: appreciate you coming on, man. Thank you for coming on. That's JJ. another episode of Amazing. Part Three. I'm Jr. Smith, Ben Baller, Stephen Malbin. We'll see you in the Hamptons. Yes,
2: see open you again, invite. JJ. Come out to man. the bridge
1: this summer. Yeah, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Appreciate, appreciate you, guys. you. Thank you,
2: brother.